Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Prop G Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, you're listening to Intuit from Vulture and New York Magazine. I'm Sam Sanders. This episode, movies. In particular, long movies. Have y'all heard about Martin Scorsese's new film, Killers of the Flower Moon? Whose land is this? My land. It's coming this weekend. It's getting a lot of really good buzz, and the trailer looks great. Oh, it's going back here. Scorsese are the finest, wealthiest, and most beautiful people on God's earth. They outsmarted everybody. But this movie... It is three hours and 26 minutes long. That is too long. And I know, Scorsese gonna Scorsese, this is not his first way too long movie. But these days, Martin is not alone. I know you've been feeling it. I know I've been feeling it. Movies in general are getting longer. The 90-minute standard of my youth, no more. I've been wanting for a long time to figure out why. This episode, dear listener, we do just that. Natalie Jarvie recently did a deep investigation into all of this for Vanity Fair. She's the Hollywood correspondent there. And Natalie found that there are a few reasons movies got so long. She will tell us all of them in this chat and what, if anything, will change this trend. I mean, if you want it to change, maybe you like long movies. I don't know your life. Anywho, here's Natalie on why movies are so long in a wonderfully not-too-long chat. You wrote a piece recently for Vanity Fair that I truly believe was you doing the Lord's work. You had a deep-dive investigation into why and how movies got to be so long. What made you want to write the piece? Yeah, well, this came from a personal passion place for me because I (laughs) cannot sit through long movies. And maybe this is a personal problem, but I sit down on a Friday night and I want to watch a movie and I fall asleep. And so these movies have to be short if I'm going to stay awake for the whole thing. So I wanted to really try to understand, like, why is this happening? Why does it seem like every movie is two and a half, three hours long these days? Yeah, and I feel like I remember my youth— You know, being a high school student in the 90s, it felt like all the films were a nice, clean, tight 90 minutes. But I don't want to let my rose-colored glasses fool me. By the numbers, by the data, 
are movies actually longer now than they were, say, 20, 25 years ago or something else? What's, uh, so, like, what is A to say? So I think the answer is yes. But I will tell you that it is hard to get, you know, truly definitive data around this because you can slice and dice the numbers a lot of different ways. But I was curious about the same thing. And so I did look into it and I pulled a bunch of information. So okay. I looked at the top 20 box office performers in 2022 and averaged out mm-hmm. the length of those movies and found that mm-hmm. the average length... And this was movies like Top Gun Maverick. Maverick to range control. Entering point alpha. Confirm green range. Black Panther, Wakanda forever. I am queen of the most powerful nation in the world. And my entire family is gone. Have I not given everything? Nope. Smile, Bullet Train, all these movies. Uh, And I found that the average length of those top 20 box office performers was two hours and 12 minutes. And then I looked- What? Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. So over okay. two hours. Uh, and so then yeah. I went and I looked at 20 years ago, so 2002, what was the average of the top 20 box office performers? And it was a cool, breezy hour 59 minutes. So that's a change of about 13 minutes over 20 years. Okay. And like 13 minutes- doesn't seem like too much, but that's the average, which means that a lot of movies are even longer. And I mean, I want to be clear here. This stuff kind of happens in waves. Um, and there are always long movies and there are always short movies. And so, like, even though it felt like to me the 90s were full of shorter movies, you know, there were times before then that were full of, like, four-hour-long movies, such as Gone with the Wind. Don't you want to marry me? I'm going to marry Melanie. But you can't, not if you care for me. Or Liz Taylor's Cleopatra. I asked it of Julius Caesar. I demanded of you. Like, Martin Scorsese and Killers of the Flower Moon is not the first to do the super, super, super long movie. But it does feel like we're in an era of movie length creep across the board. Across the board. Yeah, I think that that's fair. I mean, there you're right. There have always been long movies. Long movies have always been kind of synonymous with prestige, with important mm-hmm. movies from important filmmakers. Uh, but mm-hmm. you're also right. I think it's interesting that you point to the 90s, which is when you and I were growing up, because I also looked at the average top 20 box office performers in 1992, and it was an yeah. average of, of an hour and 56 minutes. So it was even a little <gasps> bit shorter. Wow. And even shorter. the top movie of the year, year was Batman Returns. Wow. The Batman. Or (laughs) is it just Batman? And it was a cool two hours and six minutes long, uh, which is, you know, I don't think you'd get a Batman movie for that length today. Can't do it. It's not possible. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and I think you're right. On the whole, movies, you know, I think are are skewing longer right now. And and I have Mm -hmm. a lot of theories about why that is. Yes. I want to talk about those theories right now, but I want to ask, just saying the 90s and the 90s and the 90s over again already in this chat, how much of it is about VHS tapes? 
could VHS tapes just hold shorter movies and no one wanted to have a double VHS? Was that at all part of it? You know, I'm not sure about the actual, you know, technological capabilities, but I do think that there's something about home viewing, right? That does, mm. you know, kind of prioritize a shorter experience. Uh, it's not the same as, you know, buying a ticket and going out on a Friday night and having dinner and then going to a movie. Mm-hmm. So it's part of it. And, and you can see that across the history of movies too. I mean, at first when, when movies were first becoming popular, they were really short. You'd go and you'd watch several back to back and they weren't very long because oh. film reels couldn't hold long movies. They, ah. they just, the technology wasn't advanced enough. Then you got to this mm-hmm. place of, you know, being able to do a Gone with the Wind or, you know, Cleopatra length movie and they would have intermissions and it was almost, you know, treated the same way as going to a play or an opera where huh. it was, you know, a whole experience. Um, Uh, But then I would say with the rise of like the Cineplex, they wanted shorter movies in part so that the distributors could get multiple screenings in one night. So a three-hour movie means you've got a seven o'clock showing, people are getting out at 10 o'clock, that's the one movie that you're going to be able to show at your at your movie theater that night. You can't screen a second one. Gotcha. Exactly. Yeah. Now okay. we've got multiplexes where, you know, a three-hour movie is fine because you've just got another theater at that huh. same movie theater where you can show other screenings. Yeah. So it's not quite as important. So the proliferation of screens has also been a part of maybe movies being allowed to be longer. Yeah, the proliferation of screens okay. has definitely okay. helped uh, make it less of a scheduling issue for the movie theaters. Yeah, yeah. Let's break down the reasons you found in your investigation into movie lengths uh, as to why they're getting so long, as to why we're in this current long movie moment. What's the biggest reason you found? I think there's a couple. Uh, I want to start with the fact that we have been in this era of the IP franchise movie for the last, you know, decade plus. So we're talking all the Marvel movies, the superhero movies, And those movies do tend to be longer. And I I think some of that, you know, you can look back at, like, Avengers. Captain Marvel. The Annihilator. You took everything from me. And now I'm returning the favor. And, you know, every time they put out a new movie, uh, Marvel has to, like, one-up itself and and stuff it full of more drama, more action sequences. It's got to be bigger. It's got to be more explosive. So, And the worlds are connected, so there are many plot lines to sew up. Exactly. At the end of some of these films. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And those are movies that people are paying money to go see in theaters. So it doesn't surprise me that those are the kinds of movies that the movie studios are prioritizing and making right now. You know, people love the Fast and the Furious franchise, and those movies have been steadily getting longer and longer, you know, every time they put out a new one. So the audiences are rewarding that. They're saying, oh, great, a longer, bigger, more explosive movie. Awesome. It's an experience. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. All right, time for a break. When we come back, Natalie explains another reason why movies might be getting longer. It's getting harder to say no to powerful directors. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey. 
instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Calling all female runners. It's time to lace up and join Team Milk. Since the 2022 New York City Marathon, Team Milk has sponsored female marathon runners nationwide, providing support and shining a spotlight on their unique stories, perseverance, and drive to go the distance. Why milk? Dairy milk is an excellent nutritional ad for both marathon training and recovery. Milk contains 13 essential nutrients, including high-quality protein, making it a crucial component of a training diet. Plus, it's one of the best beverages for hydration, even better than water. The same electrolytes that are added to many of your favorite sports drinks are found naturally in milk. And in 2024, Team Milk is taking the next step to empower female runners by launching the only women's marathon in the U.S. designed for and by women. Built to be accessible, empowering, and community building, the inaugural Every Woman's Marathon will take place in Savannah, Georgia on November 16, 2024. You can learn more and register for the marathon at everywomansmarathon.com. So big franchises are a part of this. What are some of the other reasons you found? Well, you know, I think we have to talk about streaming and the way streaming has impacted this, uh, but it may not be exactly in the way that you think. So, you know, I think streaming has absolutely changed how we watch all content, movies, TV shows, especially TV shows, because you sit down, it's a Friday night, you might binge three or four episodes of that new Netflix drama, and, you know, there's four hours of your life. It's also allowed for, on the TV side, people to kind of stretch the limits of of what an episode is. It can be 60 minutes, it can be 65 minutes, because there's not commercial breaks and, and not the same scheduling concerns. But on the film side... I actually think that it's less about the behaviors that streaming has allowed to kind of change and more about the fact that with Netflix, with Apple, with Amazon, you've got all these new buyers out there who want to make movies and they want Mm -hmm. to make movies with the best of the best because they Mm -hmm. want people to associate their streaming platform with being able to see, you know, top tier movies. So you've got Mm -hmm. someone like a Martin Scorsese who comes knocking and has the Irishman. There's a bidding war. Exactly. Every streamer wants him. And the way that you get him is to say, you can make whatever movie you want as long as you want to make it, right? Exactly. There's no scheduling issues with a movie theater. There's no box office ticket sales to worry about. It's just you're a creative with a vision. Come make your movie. So Scorsese did that. He did that for Netflix with The Irishman. Frank, I want you to meet my cousin, Russell Buffalino. Better watch. There's a lot of tough guys around here. Did he tell you? He's doing it again with Apple, with Killers of the Flower Moon, both very long movies. And uh, I think, you know, you're starting to see that across the board. So I feel like we're in this moment where 
filmmakers have a lot of leverage. They have a lot of power mm. to say, this is my vision. And if you don't want to make it, I can take it somewhere else. Someone else will make it. Yeah. Well, and you allude to a very interesting kind of subpoint of that in your piece. You talk about how the role of the super producer has diminished, which also makes these movies longer. I want to cite a specific graph in your piece yeah. that maybe say like, oh, yeah, makes sense. You wrote, quote, as the sun set on super producers like Harvey Weinstein, nicknamed Harvey Scissorhands because he cut the movies he produced with relish, no one rose to take their place. The ability to work hand in glove with a world-class director to shape a movie, very few producers possess that skill or willingness today. And you cite an agent who's unnamed who says that. Um, how big of a deal is that? I hadn't thought of that before I read it, but it makes perfect sense. Producers have less power today than they did like in the 90s. Yeah, I think that's a huge part of it. You definitely are starting to see producers who, you know, have a lot of different things that they're trying to to think about, whether it's the demands of the studio, the partnership with the creative, and it's a lot harder to say no to a, a powerful filmmaker today. Yeah. So here's my thing. We're seeing these movies increase in length, but there are still blockbusters that are super long. Just look at Marvel. Um, I just don't understand how these studios don't test screen these movies and realize people aren't wanting them to be this long. Or are they testing these movies and people don't actually care? Yeah, so it's interesting that you bring this up because one of the reasons I wanted to look into this was because when I talk to the business people, the suits at the Hollywood studios, they all say that they don't like long movies. Yet they don't? They don't. Wow. So <laughs> what I wanted to know was if, if everyone agrees that long movies are not as good for business, why are we making mm -hmm. so many long movies? And, mm -hmm. you know, they absolutely are test screening. I, I heard many stories of movies that were test screened. I think the challenge is that when you've got a visionary filmmaker, it can be hard to cajole them into making cuts on their movie. A lot of times these director contracts will actually stipulate the the kind of length of oh. the film. Um, and some of this oh. has to do with, you know, how long the script is when the director gets attached. But usually there's some flexibility in those contracts. And, and a lot of directors now, you know, ask for director's cut, which is basically that they have the final say for the final version of the movie uh. that ends up in theaters. And it's always a conversation, you know. Uh, there's, there's always still going to be studios with notes and, uh, you know, producers with notes who who get involved in those decisions but if you're a director with director's cut your final say does go yeah and can i point out here most of the directors and the director's cuts that we're talking about are male directors yes. male directors are the worst offenders with the long movie trend i want to point out here the most successful movie of the year and one of the most successful of this decade barbie directed by a woman it's an hour and 54 minutes long Yep. She did it in less than two hours, kids. Just saying. Just saying. Exactly. You know, and I, I remember last year during the uh, Oscar conversation, Sarah Polly talking about keeping her movie, Women Talking, uh, a lot shorter than a lot of really? her male colleagues. Why does love, the absence of love, the end of love, the need for love result in so much violence? Huh. She won the Adapted Screenplay Oscar. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. you know, it shows that a, a shorter script can still be a really impactful script. 
There you go. All right, one more break. When we come back, a four-hour director's cut of Ridley Scott's Napoleon. Yeah, you heard that right. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Back to those test screenings. Um, are moviegoers in these test screenings saying it's too long, it's too long? What are the stories you're hearing out you know, from those? In some cases, yes, absolutely. And and in some cases, you know, directors are making changes to the cut of their film. One example is Bardo, uh, which was directed by Alejandro Inarritu, uh, which came out last year and was, you know, kind of part of the early uh, awards conversation. This is my home. No, this is not your home, sir. You cannot call this place your home. And he screened that film at a festival and then actually did go back and cut some length off of the film based on the early reviews and early audience response to the movie. So some directors are willing to do that and to make those adjustments. I want to say, if I read correctly, he cut like 22 minutes. Yeah, it was something like that. It was quite a bit of uh, the film. Um, yeah. you know, I love it. Now, I love it. The reverse side of that, which I love, is the story I was just reading about with Ridley Scott, who's got Napoleon coming out on Apple soon. What is your name? Napoleon. As the course of my life has changed. Napoleon. And I mm-hmm. think the 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 length of the movie that will be in theaters is is a pretty normal, you know, it's two and a half hours plus. But, you know, for for a movie about Napoleon, that length makes sense. But he recently said that he's working on a director's cut that will be available on streaming. That's four hours plus. Are you serious? Yes. Are you serious? Yes. And of all people, Napoleon. Because yeah. no one knows anything about Napoleon. Exactly. Yowzers. Yowzers. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a poster child for the long movie? A director who, like, set this current trend that we, are, that we see ourselves in. I don't want to whisper in your ear James Cameron, but I just did. Well, you're totally right. And, and that was a name <laughs> that came up when I was doing this reporting. Uh, you know, he really did set the standard that you could make a long movie and that it could be popular. I'll never let go. And that people would go pay money to see it, not once, but How twice. How long was Titanic? How long was Titanic? Oh, my gosh. Titanic. I remember it was two VHS tapes. But I, I, I remember that. I was going to say, <laughs> I have those two VHS tapes somewhere in my parents' home. Um, three hours and 14 minutes. And it's one of the highest grossing films of all time. Yeah. So he really did prove you can get butts and seats, a lot of butts and seats for a long movie. And he did it again huh. with Avatar and with Avatar The Way of Water. And, you know, he'll do it again with the next Avatars whenever they come out. He has shown that, you know, for the right movie, people will come. And, you know, that's something funny. When I was reporting the story, I, I happened to, to visit my parents and I was talking to my dad about this. And I was like, do you think movies are too long? And he was like, if it's a good movie, it's not too long. And I thought that that was so spot on that at the end of the day, if you're mm-hmm. enjoying the movie you won't care and you won't feel the length. Well, that's the thing. And that leads me to my next question. 
you know, I complain about movies being too long. Other folks complain about movies being too long. You're concerned about it because you wrote a piece about it. When we complain about a film being too long, are we complaining about length? Are we complaining about pacing? Are we complaining about boredom or the quality of theater seats? Like, what do we really mean? What are we really mad about? As consumers? What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. You know, as... As consumers, I think it's absolutely the pacing, it's boredom, it, it, you're complaining about it when it's a movie that you're not that into. I already have my ticket to see Killers of the Flower Moon opening weekend. I know it's going to well, be a long one movie. one of us. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know it's going to be a long movie, but I'm prepared for it. And if it's great, I won't complain about it after I leave the theater. I will also say it is a big time commitment for people if you are going out on a weekend to see a movie, mm-hmm. especially parents. You know, I talked to one studio executive when I was reporting this who said that it is a barrier for people to want to buy the ticket. And to actually, you can't have your kids sit in the movie for three hours long, and you and like it affects the hours you're paying your babysitter if you have kids going by yourself. Yeah, so I think that's really what it's about. It's it's almost you have to mentally get over that hurdle uh, as a as a viewer, and then if you're engaged and you're along for the ride, then the time won't matter. Yeah, yeah. How does all of this affect Hollywood's bottom line? We know that a longer film costs more to make than a shorter film. And we also know when a film is longer, you can show it fewer times in a day. Um, How do those factors affect whether or not a studio or a director wants to make their movie three hours long? There's a good chance that doing that means they get less money overall on the film. And yet they keep doing it. It's a risk, ultimately. It, it comes down mm. to your appetite for risk because a shorter movie is less risky. And it really depends on, on what, whether the studio wants to take a risk on that filmmaker and also whether that filmmaker has a, a sense for the business or is really all about just being an artist. And, and some filmmakers are more willing to kind of understand the needs of the business than others. The thing is, is again, you've got all these examples of long movies being successful at the box office. And that's the thing. Every filmmaker I've heard, that's what they'll argue when they're told, oh, you need to shave five, ten minutes. They'll say, well, Avatar didn't have to shave five or ten minutes. You know, the, you know, these other movies were successful without having to do that. Mm-hmm. So why do I have to do that? I say to that, not everybody can be James Cameron. And thank God for that fact. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. That's a big part of it. I am really looking closely at this kind of moment that Hollywood is in right now with, you know, everyone across the board is going to be spending less money to make new shows and movies. And I do wonder if we start to see the pendulum swing back towards slightly shorter movies because there's less risk-taking happening in general in Hollywood right now. Yeah. Do you think the act of movie watching should change to accommodate these longer films? And what I mean to actually ask is, should we just bring back intermissions? I would love that. You know, if we're talking about the eventization of this kind of experience, you know, going to see Barbie and then Oppenheimer and, you know, making a whole day out of it, why not bring back the intermission and, you know, give people an opportunity to, you know, go spend more money at the concession stands and take a moment to check their phones and whatever else they might Mm -hmm. need to do. Uh, It certainly would make the movie-going experience feel a lot more uh, like going to a different kind of, uh, you know, live event. You know, also, I do kind of feel like we're like exiting the superhero phase of of movie making, uh, you know. Hooray. 
Gosh, I hope so, right? Hooray. (laughs) Um, It'll take time for those changes to be felt because movies are made on such a long timeline. Mm -hmm. But as Hollywood maybe prioritizes a different kind of movie, I mean, I, I hate to predict that we're leaving like the IP stuff behind because... God knows Hollywood loves to retell a story, but I wouldn't be surprised if we also start to see shorter movies just because you don't have the big overstuffed, action-packed superhero movies as as often as, as maybe we did the last decade. Thanks again to Natalie Jarvie, Hollywood correspondent at Vanity Fair. All right, Intuit is hosted by me, Sam Sanders. This show was produced by Janae West, Travis Larchuk, Gabby Grossman, Jelani Carter, and Taka Zen. Our fearless editor, who makes sure this show is never too long, is Jordana Hochman. Our engineer is Daniel Turek. Our music is composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. And the executive producer of audio at Vox Media is Nishat Kurwa. All right, listeners, we are back Friday with a brand new episode. Until then, feel no pressure to watch a three-hour movie unless you really, really want to. I give you permission. All right, bye. Bye.